0: Hello everybody, it's Kirk Henderson and Matthew coming to you from Mavs Moneyball. We're doing another preview podcast here because we have this uh, interesting, and I rather like it, even though it makes the series take forever, two-day break between Games 4 and Game 5 as the series heads back to Los Angeles. Um, Matt,
1: how are you? I am good, but not as excited about the series as I was earlier. Yeah, well, we're pretty we we were pretty excited
0: before the game 3. I think that was when we did the, the last preview podcast. I didn't do one for game 4 obviously because of the just short turnaround. I don't want to flood people's feeds with content. But it it's it's interesting because and just so everybody understands, we're recording on Memorial Day evening. Um which you know we've not heard from the players we don't really know anything about Lucas' health we're just sort of we just kind of wanted to get together and talk a little bit about this because after having a day to process uh the rather resounding ass kicking the Mavericks took in game 4 it felt like you know enough time had settled to where we were less reactive um and and had kind of thought about the game so you know, you right right before we we hit record, you know, you were saying you're you're not as what what was the word? You're 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 feeling a little more positive than you were at this point last night. So so why don't you start telling us uh, why?
1: Okay, so just as everyone was saying that our shooting was going to come back down to earth after the first couple of games and eventually it crashed really hard. Um, one of the things I pointed out was that we were getting a lot of looks from really good shooters. And that our season long percentage for the team shouldn't matter as much because those weren't the guys taking shots, well, even in game four, we still twenty five of our thirty three point looks were by Luca Tim Hardaway jr k p Maxi and uh Jalen Brunson, which combined to shoot thirty nine point four percent for the series or for this regular season, not counting Luther because he's a little bit separate, and those guys were four for twenty five on threes, and I mean it's not like don't get me wrong, we got our butts whooped yesterday. Like, it's not just that, hey, we just happened to shoot poorly, and, you know, other than that, it's tough. But if we make threes, say we make, you know, if we make 35%, 40% of the threes, then we then it's a much closer game. It's just completely different. Now, obviously, any positivity is based on the belief that Luka is going to be 100% healthy. If yeah, he's or honest, at least
0: better. He was real bad.
1: Honestly, yeah, honestly, I think it has to be 100% because okay. not, the big point that I had for the series is that they had to stay – the Clippers had to stay big because if they didn't have a big out there, then Luka was always going to create an advantage. And if, and if they didn't have any rim protection there, that advantage was going to lead to buckets. The problem is if Luka is not 100%, he can't create advantages, and we don't have anyone else who can create those advantages. So it's fine for them to go small with the four big wings and Reg Jackson and Ray John Rondo. And when they do that and Luka is diminished – We look real bad. It was, it was
0: interesting. I was listening to, I'm about halfway through it, but Zach Lowe did a kind of mega podcast with different ESPN people. And it took Tim McMahon about five, you know, they probably talked for 15 minutes, Mavs Clippers. And it took him about halfway through to kind of get to the fact that the Mavericks have to play KP for political reasons. And I just found that so fascinating I just I really did. Um and, and I don't know I don't see how they can keep if they if they go small, if or, you know rather if they try to match some of the clippers' smallness I don't know what like and they but they still have to play KP. Is that really even going small? Like what what do you think some of the potential solutions are? Because I'm of the opinion after having thinking thought about it for a day, that he saw how Luca looked, and I almost feel like Bobon in that entire game was like a red herring. Because I mean, they yeah. played some wildly bad lineups, like some of the worst lineups I've seen all year.
1: Yeah, actually, it's um, we joked about it during the regular season that that Carmelo didn't want to have people to have tape on us. It's almost like a regular season game, like it that game was very similar to a regular season game that was like the last game of the season. And you were already locked into your seedings and you knew you were going to play that game in the playoffs because it's either that or Carlisle just panicked early because we played some crazy things. I mean, but the problem is because, you know, I know you've heard the same as I have all of the, year you know, a lot of overreacting fire Rick, blame Rick, you know, Rick's right. a problem. Got yada got to got to And guys, Mavs, fellow Mad fans. That's just insane. Um, like there are things Rick does that infuriates me, but that guy is a basketball genius. He is the second best asset that this Mavericks franchise has. Luca is the best. He is second, not KP. Like he we do not need him to leave. The problem is is he just there's a limited amount of options. Um and for me, I don't think the answer is necessarily to sit KP at this point. I would sit Maxi before I sit KP right now. Okay. I would not Maxi in game five. Um because most of the time i when I've seen people talk about going small, they mean put Maxi at the five and put, you know, Josh Richardson, or I've seen some people say Josh Green, or you know, just a variety. Something,
0: right? Someone.
1: Um, like Maxi's been as, <coughs> I'm sorry, Maxi's been as bad as KP defensively in the series. Like Maxi has gotten just utterly destroyed, and I've seen several people say, "Well, you know, we stick him on Kawhi, and he can do a credible job." Nothing about this series has been credible. The last time I've seen someone get murdered this much in a one-on-one matchup that is supposedly a defender is when Dirk absolutely ate Serge Ibaka alive against the Thunder way back in 2011.
0: Mm, That's a good take.
1: And if if we were Mavs fans and we had heard the Thunder saying, hey, you know, we're keeping Serge Ibaka in there because he's doing a great job on Dirk." we would have just bust out laughing. Yeah. And I promise you, that's how the Clippers fans feel about us. Yeah, we're keeping Maxi in there because he's containing Kawhi. Kawhi has a true shooting percentage of 84% the last three games. He's that's not insane. being contained. But And at some point, you would think that regression would come to him because it'd be really hard to shoot that if no one was out there. Yeah. His shooting, yeah. His shooting splits over the last three games are literally, and these are rounded, but 72, 60, 91. That is that is just stunningly ridiculous and
0: if and honestly some of it feels higher to an extent because the kind of looks he's getting the you know the the i think when we talk about maxi playing Kawhi as a good defender you think back to game one and then part of game two where you live with the 15 footers like the the kind of medium mid-range ish shots the the 12 to 15 footers the problem is where he's getting on his sort of I can't remember it's it's like it's you know he's he's facing up and then backing down and you know just kind of getting in on space like the same thing um the same thing that that the the Denver center uh Jokic does yeah, yeah. and it's he's getting 8 to 10 foot shots and sometimes 6 foot shots where you look at that. like the shot it. <laughs> and it's it's he's not missing those any I mean, literally not missing those, and it's a, it's a difference of seating ground, and Maxi just can't do anything about it, and the help isn't threatening um, at all, and I, I I just don't know what else they really do because if they do go small and they're like, oh well, Dorian's gonna get eaten up, well, you're basically saying th- there's not enough acknowledgement of Maxi getting eaten up, right?
1: Yeah, like we're we're already getting eaten. That's the thing is I, I mentioned before one of the other or after one of the other games that there's a difference in you know levels of being cooked and we are as cooked as it can be right now. One of one of the issues that we've had forever is that we are an incredibly comfortable team to play against. But and that, that's the issue that we have with Paul George right now is that Paul George has realized that we're not we don't do anything like we don't, we're not going to send a weird look at him. We're not going to double him. And so as long as he does something, as long as he is just calm and maintains his dribble, he can get to the rim and Dwayne can't do anything about it. And we don't have hope once he gets there. And Mm -hmm. so he's realized that, Hey, as long as I take my time and get to the rim, I'm going to score. And he's not even shooting well. Paul George is an extremely good shooter and he's shooting like 31% from three over the last three games. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like, that's one of the things where we may have some regression coming from some of the other shooters, but if, it's like I said about the Clippers' defense when we were shooting high earlier. You have to turn up the intensity to expect the regression to kick in because if you're just continuing to give people that are in a rhythm just wide-open jumpers, it's not a good strategy to expect them to miss because over a large enough sample, they will, but a seven-game series <coughs> is not necessarily a large enough sample for that regression to kick in. yeah, And and, I mean, that's, that plan is over, you know, a hundred games. So it doesn't necessarily apply to that small of a sample size.
0: Right. Um, And the Mavericks whole rules are built to force guys who are bad at those shots to take those shots. And these guys aren't (laughs) like superstars, break
1: that mold. And the other problem we have is from a, um, you mentioned roster construction. I know a lot. We have so many limited offensive players in the name of having quote-unquote defenders, and the problem is they're not good defenders either. Yeah. We we have, I mean, you know, we start the win, and I don't want want to be too rough on Dorian, because Dorian is absolutely a win as far as player development and where we got him. To have an undrafted player that has developed the way he has and has been good for an extended period of time, and it's sad that he's hit mid, that the clock has struck midnight and he's turned back into a pumpkin, apparently. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: it is... It, he is just out talented. I mean, there's a reason that he was undrafted and is playing for you know four million a year. And Paul George just signed a two hundred million dollar contract. Paul right. George is more talented than he is, and that's not that's not going to change. Um, as for what we can do, I, it's weird because I both want us to do this. Like I want Josh Green to play. I want his his energy, and I want him to. I want him to just give kawaii a different look and everything and i also think our fans are delusional they're thinking that we should fire right they're not trying yeah <laughs> not playing him because we're doing stuff and i guess those things sound incongruent but it, it's i want us to try that but i also understand that trying to play josh green like you're hoping to buy 10 minutes if uh, that i mean you you yeah. might be
0: trying to buy like six possessions like oh, yeah, just I mean, something I mean, like, to give somebody a spell so that they don't pick up their fourth foul.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm into this, so I don't need to Oh yeah, this yeah. Because because you, you're not because the thing is you're you're definitely not. If Josh Green guards a very long one, he's going to foul him because as soon as Kawhi does one of the little up the little up like he's gotten Maxi on several times, mm. Green will bite on it and Kawhi'll jump into him and shoot for third. Yeah. Two, um, I think that he flops a lot, but at the same time he gets calls, they're smart moves to make to get calls. All NBA players do it, so I'm not trying to complain about that. But Josh Green, if he plays for ten minutes, it would be amazing that he is not fouled out if he has guarded Kawhi for all yeah. of those. Yeah. Because and and that's yeah. just one of the things I just want us to give him a different look now. Sure. I feel like like when when people talk about defending Dallas and defending Lucas Kicken roll, all of the commentators and coaches and everyone that you listen to are clear that when a player is that great, you can't give him one look for an extended period of time because he will solve it. And it, so giving them – so when you talk about solution, it's not trying to be like, you know, we do this and it's solved. If if you could do one thing and solve a player, then that player is Dorian Finney-Smith, not Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. If you can just say, hey, we'll do this and it's solved, the player is worse. But so when I say like, hey, I want us to try this, but I would like us to go trap. I would like us to trap Kawhi hard and like – Real hard, not just semi trapping like we've done a couple times where he's comfortable. I just really want us to do anything to make them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which they managed to do to us for the last six quarters, and we have not done to them at any point, even the first two games that we won.
0: There was a play, and it's not fair to pick on Tim Hardaway Jr., but it just sort of stands up in my mind, and I want to say he forced Reggie Jackson right. It was left wing. It was early on. And he was overplaying Reggie's left hand, which I don't know why, and essentially ushered Reggie Jackson into the lane for a layup. And I don't remember
1: exactly the play. Yeah. I what I, I, it
0: felt very emblematic of the Mavericks' problems because one of the things you've been talking about is just how comfortable they are in their dribble moves. And when you think about what happens for Dallas. Any time a Dallas player dribbles, it it feels like a oh shit situation, uh, and that includes Luca. And it, it's just sort of that difference in approach where the Mavericks are sort of inviting some of these things. I feels like, and and there's no real urgency to get the ball out of either player's hand. And i, I where they attack from both of those players get really interesting like free throw line extended area looks you know wing type things and if i'm thinking back to a lot of the situations where rondo was playing point guard and they switched you know like he was brunson was guarding rondo and Kawhi would switch on or he brunson would switch on to Kawhi, and then they try to double and then they kick out i just kind of i I just think they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. I do tend to agree with you about um giving them a different look, at least every you know, now and that because Kawhi's just so freaking comfortable. And and it's it's really I don't see that slowing down at all. I mean it, it's it's wild that they you know, in, in retrospect, it's wild that they won some of these games with these guys shooting this good in the key.
1: Yeah, I mean the only the the plan would be, obviously, if you wanted to go super small, you could get, or not even really super small, but more athletic, would be to get some minutes. They don't have to be the starting minutes, but let Willie on play center, and then no other big out there, and then hopefully you just be super athletic and able to move and everything. The downside to that is, and Willie, Willie has been, I would say, probably our best defender in this series, which... Makes me very sad because he has not been good. Um, and I feel like on this team, actually, for what we've done this this series, I feel like the answer is not best defender; it's least terrible. Uh-huh. Um, but even when we do that, he just makes boneheaded moves, and so we're just there's not really an answer. That that's the thing, and it it goes to to again to roster construction because if you look at this team, almost no one on this team besides. Luca, would you look at it and say, hey, this guy is a good NBA basketball player? It's all people who are good with Luka. You know, hey, this guy can not use the ball, and Luca can get him and he can hit corner threes. It's a yeah. Or, you know, Maxi, he doesn't need the ball at all. He can, in theory, defend, which he has gotten much, much worse defensively. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's hurt, obviously. But even Maxi, oh, yeah. Yeah. He has declined quite a bit from rookie in last year, Maxi. Um, defensively, and then, but all of these guys are—we've gotten super low, and I understand prioritizing fit, and I'm even one of the people that talks about it sometimes. But we just need better players, uh-huh. and yeah, I mean, and if that means Luca has to adjust them and he can't run the James Harden thirty-six to forty percent usage rate, so be it. I mean, that's just gotta come, and I realize that can't fix this series, but. That's something we got to do. As for defending them, I'm almost to the point now that I kind of want us to just build a, a, Kawhi, a, a Kawhi wall the same way some people build a, a Giannis wall. And I realize they're too good of shooters to do this, but just pump up the variance and say, hey, I'll take 73s in this game because that's what we're going to leave open and just hope that you miss. I know that that is the wrong plan. I know that that – like, in <laughs> I realize that's a bad plan, mm. but – I don't want to get beat the same way for them yeah. in a row. if yeah. you get beat, at least make them show you something different. Like because Kawhi is not going to miss hands. And when you're talking about that play where Tim Hardaway Jr. just ushered Richard Jackson to the rim, one of the things that I see with the Maz is that we we seem to think that as long as we stay relatively close to a player and Simi can test the way up, that, that is what passes for acceptable defense on us. And that, that is better than say reaching and getting just completely blown, blown by. Yeah. But NBA players don't it, and especially stars, they don't miss contested two footers. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't. Well unless so, you're
0: unless you're you're J- Josh Richardson and Dorian trying tip ins.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But and tip <laughs> We're talking about how ridiculously he shot and yeah. what his I think four misses was (laughs) a wide-open tip. (laughs) Um, So it's just we we see this, and I really think that our best wing defender in this series has been Luka, which, and again, it's the least terrible because he's gotten picked on some too. But we've all been bad, and so I don't understand any – Objection to putting Dorian on Kawhi. Maybe you put Dorian on Kawhi, and you try to bog their offense down and say, "Hey, because he's going to po- because Kawhi will post Dorian, and say hey hopefully it bogs their, their offense down and other people get out of rhythm because they post Kawhi 17 times in a row. Yeah, they might score on 15 of them, but hopefully the other players are out of rhythm." Well, um, let's
0: let's pivot to the offensive side of the box. We've somehow managed to talk defense for like 15 minutes, and. The defense is obviously the problem, but what happened last night was a sort of sum of all fears offensive problem. You mentioned Lucas' health earlier; that's obviously key. The thing that I I hope to see is Dallas role players doing anything. When you you look at the box score, they scored eighty one points. Luca and KP had I think eighteen and nineteen respectively. Um, and then every everybody else like Bobon, had some points, but the offensive production was a bloodbath and obviously the Clippers defense has amped up in a big way, but what i'm really curious about is past like tim hardaway just not you know he tim just has these games like whether he has another two and the mavericks are just out of the playoffs like that that might be a thing that happens but i just don't foresee him having multiple multiple rough games in a row like he did in game three and game four but the the ones that i'm probably the most surprised about um is the absolute regression to the mean for Dorian Finney-Smith, who has been, if you, know, you look at his counting stats, you're going to say, oh, well, he, he did this last night. He was fine. No, he was a non-contributing zero in a way where two games in a row, he his little bread and butter options, i.e. the corner three and then sort of you know, offensive uh, chaos through Tippins and things like that, he was missing everything. I mean, I, I I don't have his stats in front of me, but over the, you know, since he went really well, he played like four or five in game one. And then since then, I think he's shooting in the 20s total, like from the floor. And he's, it's not like he's not shooting at all either. I mean, he's shooting five to seven times a game and just missing everything. And when he's that bad, uh, you know, that just isn't it, 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 granted, it's not fair that the Mavericks expect this much from him, but it is what it is at this point. And he simply needs to stop screwing up because he was a, he was awful yesterday in almost every sense of the word, Partic- at least on offense. We already killed him on defense.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think with him, he is from the field. I think he's a little in his head the same way Luca is from the free throw line mm. in that he, he realizes how poorly he's played. I mean, how could he not? And so now – and he knows he's – without trying to go back onto the defense, he knows he's getting toasted. There's no way that you defend somebody one-on-one that much and get toasted as much as he has, and it doesn't seep into it. So he's trying so hard to get it back, and it's just not – that's just not who he is. And um, it wasn't just with him, but I saw it, like Tim Hardaway Jr. passed up two open threes last night. Maxie mm-hmm. passed up a couple. Um, that's a problem. Maxie passed up not, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether or not – we we make them we those guys like live or die with it they've just got to take open threes honestly even semi-open threes in in Tim Hardaway Jr.'s case if we run the offense and get them a look they can't pass it up and reset with eight seconds left especially with the diminished Luka because you just can't create another quality look with the level of length and athleticism and defensive talent that the Clippers have out there because Honestly, when they're playing the four big wings and Reggie Jackson, the only guy that it's an, just a ridiculous mismatch against for Luka is the point guard. And a lot of times they're playing it with Rondo. And Rondo's a giant mismatch, but he does stuff that makes that you can tell makes Luka uncomfortable. He does the little reach-in where he reaches between Luka's legs, which is strange, but he does it, and Luka could do some things. But the other thing with that, I think Luca is so far that Luca isn't actually trying to get to the foul line as much as he normally does. And I'm not sure if that's just from the injury or if it's a combination of things. But generally, one of the things Luca does is he'll do the little pump fake to get people in the air and try to jump into them. And that's the one call he consistently gets. Mm-hmm. And last night, I don't think he wanted to get fouled after he missed the first because he, he was 0 for 5 on pre throws last night. And he clearly has the itch right now. And yeah. I don't think he wants to get fouled, and that's that's a bad thing to be for your primary offensive player to the point that if he does really get it going, <clears throat> sorry, if he does really get it going, I wouldn't be surprised if I was the Clippers. I might go to the heck of a looper. Yeah. Which it's, if it's, the game's it's really close, stunning. right. Yeah, absolutely. It's really stunning given how good he is at everything else. And – but – I, I really do because it, it affects him. Like you can tell, and there's a thing um, that I see when I watch him where when he's really worried about his free throws, he starts hopping between when he shoots the ball and when it either goes in or goes out. And when he starts doing that, he is deeply, deeply in, in his own head. And uh, I'm not sure if we have enough time. That's what I'm hoping for is for the next few days, he goes and shoots a lot of free throws and it loosens his neck up.
0: Sure. Um, sure.
1: Because there's that and then we've got to get more from Jalen. Um Jalen hasn't been like outwardly apparently terrible but in the sense that if you look at his numbers I think he's acting like, you know, ten eleven points game on semi decent efficiency. But we just fall apart whenever Luka goes out right now. Yeah. And I mean it's tough to say, but I mean we've got to get more from him. And then I hate to kill the guy because I know you get enough crap for, for killing him all the time anyway. But if last night last night was the perfect example of where we need KP to be a second star, like a true star. Yeah, so oh, Luca yeah. was diminished. Luca did not have a good game and KP wasn't bad. K P was probably our best player on the court last night. I would still take I would still say even the diminished Luca was better. But if you wanted to make an argument that KP was our best player last night, I, I don't think it's as crazy as it might be on most nights. But that's just not enough. Like, given the scenario, given what he's paid, given just the way the roster is constructed, that that game last night was a game that KP's got to come out and have thirty five. Yeah, and he had I think nineteen and four.
0: Well, and and his talk got into this in his post today. Uh, I love love you is talk for turning in two thousand words um, after a, a loss. Real hero. Hero Ball stuff there, big fan. But he he talked about how KP just can't get his own shot, and it's not at this point. People get upset at these things, and I don't. When we say KP can't get his own shot, we're being literal. Ninety plus percent of his shots are assisted, and you give him a ball on a post up, and if you dribble more than twice, that's not an assisted shot. He that means anytime you see him do anything this series where he's dribbling. It's unlikely to the point of being almost a zero effect thing that he is. He he might've hit one, the entire series. Okay. And I've kind of grown bored of talking about him because I've seen people swing to my way in a real wild sense to where I tweeted, I was looking for this today. It was like mid January. I said, the Mavs need to trade this guy. And he it, he had just come back from injury. It wasn't fair. It was probably like his sixth or seventh game. But I'm just looking at the way he's moving. I'm like, this is this is awful. And I got crushed for it, and rightfully so. I was probably a little bit early, but I never envisioned that he would look like this. I was thinking, okay, he's loafing. He's just not getting it back. He just can't do it anymore. And on either side of the ball, like this is a this is a disaster. There is no healthy off season for a guy who cannot move. You don't improve movement when you're 27 years old or 26, however old he is. He's been in the league for six plus years. It's very disappointing. And I've, I've gone from being very frustrated to feeling bad and that sucks. So I, I, I just with him, we'll see what happens. You know, one game, Somebody Zach Lowe said today that one good game can shift the narrative and he's right. But these fans who are telling me, and I love all y'all that interact with me, but anybody that tells me, Oh, Dirk had a bad series too," yada, yada. Dirk had nothing like this ever. Go look at numbers. They exist. KP is averaging like 4.2 rebounds a game, something like that. Like that's like Dirk, even when he was 37 averaged six a game.
1: Yeah. One of the things I would like for KP to do is, and I understand that we worked on it and everybody loved it, the KP fadeaway, I would like him to take more shots where he is leaning towards the rim, specifically when he is guarded by the tiny people that are guarding him in this series. Because even if he misses, when he gets the post-ups to where he's, you know, five, six feet from the rim, if, say, Nicholas Batum is guarding him or, or even Paul George or Kawhi, if he gets that shot, if he is leaning towards the rim, if he is going forward, if he goes up front, even if he misses, a lot of those shots will be very easily offensively reboundable for him. Whereas if he's fading away and he misses, the possession's over. Because we don't do offensive rebounds as a team. Like we, It is our fundamental philosophy, and which at this point in time I disagree with because we can't defend anybody anyway. Right. So. Um, I might even be to the point and just say, "Hey guys, all five of you, go, go crash the glass, everybody." We're, I would love going. that.
0: That that like right. they're terrible at in transition, anyways.
1: <laughs> I yeah. wish they would do and, that. And they're terrible, and they're terrible in the half court. So at this point, <laughs> I mean, like I said earlier, it's and eighty four percent true shooting percentage. What what's the point of being so worried about getting getting a set defense? Just, I mean. We're trying to go all offense. We, uh, as you mentioned in his talk, we, he pointed out before the series that our Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., K. T. threesome, all of those lineups were absolutely terrible defensively, and so that we <coughs> by starting them, we made the decision to try to outscore the Clippers, which I understand and I think is the correct decision because we don't have a lineup that we can say, "Hey, we're going to go out defend the Clippers that can right. remotely credibly create a shot." So. If we're gonna do that, then do what you decided to do and commit to it. So if we're gonna go all offense, then at least let at least turn KP and Dorian loose and say, Hey, y'all are gifted offensive rebounders, offensive rebound. Um, also with that by I would bench Maxie. I'm not entirely certain who I would put that. I wish JJ Reddick was healthy. I would I would want it to be him. Um, but since he's not it probably default to Josh Richardson, which I'm not excited about that. I'm not being more excited about that than you. But just Maxi doesn't move on offense. Like he stands still. Um, he's, I think he's in his head as far as threes go. Because in this series, he, he also knows that he's getting cooked. And so it's kind of like what happened last series against the Clippers, where he just he got in his head and he couldn't make a shot. And mm-hmm. he's not shooting more confident. So if we're at that point, just assume start Josh Richardson, as bad as that sounds. But a Luca Richardson, or even start Brunson, um, Luca, another guard, Tim Hartley, Jr., Dorian, uh, KP lineup. Yeah, uh, we've already mentioned we're going to struggle defensively. We're we're giving up what is the upper bound of what is possible to score in an NBA game uh, in an NBA offense anyway. Yeah. So you know, go go for it. If we're going to go all offense, then truly go all offense. Don't go all offense with, well, you know, we'll kind of just a little bit hang back and, and keep a guard that is of no use. So that is something I would like to see. Um, I'd like to completely do away. If, we're not, if he's not willing to do that, I will just assume not every okay to get the ball in the post. Cause not only is he not particularly good at once he gets the ball in the post, we can't throw him the ball in the post. Right. I, our, our guards are stunningly bad at post entries. Unbelievably bad. Yeah. And Bobon playing actually illustrates that because one of KP's weaknesses is that he's not very strong and so he gets like he'll have post position and he'll throw it to him and his defender will sweep around him and steal the entry pass, which is actually a lot of times on him rather than the inbound passer. But Bobon is an incredibly gifted sealer because of how huge he is and his base. And we have some entry passes to him stolen because they're just terrible entry passes. Yeah. And stuff like that. We struggle at a lot of fifth-grade basketball things. We're really good at a lot of high-level things, but we struggle at a lot of things that you do, that you learn in fifth-grade basketball. Like, hey, how to feed the post, how to, when people trap us, how to how to beat a trap. And it's just, that is what I would like to see is those things. And, I mean, I, I really do, though. I think that what we're, we're obviously going to have to be hot to win, but I, I would like to see us take a ton of threes I would like Luka to shoot some more layups. And as long as he's healthy, I do still think we have a puncher's chance. It sounds weird after all of this, you know, just killing the defense and all of this. The Clippers are going to score a lot. But I I really do think that as long as we go out there and we've won our offense right, if Luka is healthy, I still think all of the same things I said earlier are true. They still switch too much. Luka can still create advantages presuming he's healthy. And we still have good shooters that if they're open and willing to take them, I think that will cause them problems.
0: This has been very good. You've you've, you've really, we've talked more than we intended, but that's fine because there's, there's a lot to say about this, but I, I I think my concluding thoughts would be that the Mavericks were not near as good as they looked, but they may not be as bad as they looked the last couple of games either. I'm going to be very interested to see what they come out and do. Uh, it's not a make or break thing this playoffs is so weird you know the lakers are going through and like everyone has injury issues and and really sometimes championships are just a matter of who gets hurt the least so it's it's about surviving the little things and if the mavericks were to they're in a best of three right now basically best that's two out of three do i think that the mavericks can win two out of three games against the clippers yes i do uh do I think the Mavericks can lose two out of three games against the Clippers? Yes, I do. So so this is but well, this is kind of why we watch. You know, it's it's been a, a textbook example of why we didn't want the Clippers the last two games, but I'm I I just can't shake the fact looking back on that game with some with some reflection in mind that the Mavericks were Throwing things against the wall to see what would stick, nothing did, and now they're back to the drawing board. Because when Luca looked that bad, there was just a hard pivot. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Why did Luca go back in the game?" Luca went back in the game because Luca wanted to go back in the game. Let's be clear: that guy is a competitor. He wants to shake out some of his sense of feeling with that arm. Um, it's going to be uncomfortable. And Pro-
1: yeah, and I love, yeah. I love Luca, but he wants to protect his numbers too. Like, well, I, I yeah, love Luka. but he, he actually made them worse. A lot of things. I, I know, but he, he – when we talk about people, a lot of times everybody will be like, oh, he doesn't care about the box score. This is not a criticism of Luca. I love Luca. Luca is my favorite player, so don't take this as a criticism. But Luca absolutely knows exactly how many points, rebounds, and assists he has in every single game, and he does care about what his averages are. He doesn't care about them more than he cares about winning, but he absolutely does know what his numbers are, and he does care. Well, here we are. We have talked for thirty-five minutes, and we've had fun.
0: So I think we have a. I don't know if we're going to write that much more before the series starts, just because it's, you know, at a certain point it's like beating a dead horse. Um, but there's been, you know, a lot of good coverage on Mavs Moneyball. I think we'll probably have some more stuff after Game Five. Um, just to kind of, I don't know. It's it's really easy to be very negative uh, when things are not great. But right now the the it's two two. And the first team to win a home game may win the series. So we'll see how it goes. Do you have anything else before we move on out of here? That's it. All right. Well, this has been Kirk and Matt. We've had a good time here. This has been uh, Matt's Moneyball After Dark, previewing Clippers Game 5. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, and we will talk to you in a few days.